This episode of the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series is brought to you in part by our Portal Maker patrons, Griffith Locke and Leona. We couldn't do the show without folks like you. Thank you. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Welcome to the Aegis, Ecolite. We have so many portals, so many wondrous things to show you. But today, I think this one will be perfect. Welcome to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series, where we talk about all the age, all the time. My name is Ren. Uh, to my left, we have... Oh, it's Jess. It's the me. The one that is me. I have so many things that I can say right now. I don't, you do. I don't have anything. You're fine. I'm so tired. Hello. I'm happy to be here, though. Let's do this cool thing. And then to my left... Hi. <laughs> Enjoy your eardrums while they last. They won't last long, but I that's can, okay. It's always very easy to find Keith on my levels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see the see the, the recording images. Boop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad you folks could join us. Uh, Glad to be here. Yeah. I may not be here the whole time, but I will be here for some of it. Mm -hmm. For some of it. Well... Uh, we've got a couple of exciting things to talk about. At least I think so. As someone who has, of course, had to devour the book that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we had a poll eh, a hot second ago, and the very clear winner was uh, the Fantasy Age Bestiary. Folks want to hear about it. The Bestiary. The Bestiary. Apparently, bestiary is technically the correct pronunciation, but why? No, it's or at least is like I'm the, going to contend the older that that's pronunciation, the British, like British English pronunciation. Mm -hmm. I feel like that it has been. This and is, language evolves. This is like fort versus forte. Yeah, language does evolve, and it's okay. You don't yeah. have to use it the way that it evolves, but like other a, people can. Uh, a gif versus jif situation, and you can be irritated about it. There is no logic to GIF. There's just not. I, I do have It's feelings. just, it's trolling. It, it's all it is. I do have It's I sit in the seat so I get to do something that makes you upset. Yeah, like, and you know what? If, if, if it had been introduced as GIF specifically... I still would have been mad. I mean, I would have at least been like, you know what? You made it. Anyway, bestiary. Okay. Bestiary. The bestiary bestiary for our viewerraries. Oh, thank you. Blaze uh, <laughs> has done my punt for me. <clears throat> oh, thank you. This and episode, Leona this has, will be a beast of an episode. This will be a beast of an episode. And Leona has <laughs> said correctly, when you pronounce graphic with a J, I'll say Jiv. <laughs> oh, you did not sacrifice for this podcast, Blaze. You enjoyed that. <laughs> Ren sacrifices by being with all the puns. Uh-huh. Also, yes, Leona, 100%. What is it? I will uh, put up middle fingers at Jod and walk backwards into hell, like, 
<laughs> Perhaps for your birthday, I'll give you a gift. Perhaps a pet jolfish or a genie pidge. <laughs> genie pidge does sound like a good fantasy creature. Oh my god! Like yes. I would take a genie pidge familiar in a heartbeat for I sure. I also kind of want to give it Jenny's face. Oh yeah, we have a friend named Jenny, and that JD Pidge. <laughs> she would be confused. I think she would be delighted but confused. JD Pidge. It's a common reaction to we'll things be, that happen in this house. We'll be sure to tell her all about it. I also uh, got real excited for Genevieve in high school. I we uh, Genevieve. Genevieve. <laughs> uh, so yeah. before we uh, before we tackle this beast. Uh, we're going to make a quick shout-out uh, to one of our fellow D20 radio shows. As you folks know, we are part of the D20 radio network, which is a uh, delightful maelstrom of talented people and cool games to talk about and fun actual plays. Uh, and today we're going to be featuring uh, uh, the... Goodness. <laughs> my notes all went away from me. Uh, uh, I the, can give you the notes on my I got you. I appreciate it. Uh, they're called the Primed by Cortex podcast for folks who play the Cortex Prime role-playing game. This is your stop. Uh, you can follow the hosts, JT and Kirby, as they explore the unique Cortex Prime RPG that is designed to be designed. The game is heavily modular and is intended to be constructed for modules that you and your fellow players can select before beginning to customize the game's genre and mechanics. JT and Kirby have already performed a number of interviews with developers of Cortex Prime, and they cover the basics of the RPG. They talk about several of the properties that have already been primed by Cortex. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, what is coming out this year, uh, they apparently are planning for Tales of Zadia. There's, oh. going to be a, there's going to be a Dragon Prince RPG. I just started watching that right? with Bones. It's so good. Oh, you got oh it. Yeah, it's so good. It's very good. If you, I mean, it's it's got a whole bunch of like folks who just work on Avatar. It, yeah, it's, it's, Sokka is the main voice actor. Yes, yeah, like, isn't there a point where he says something about a boomerang? Oh yeah, yes, he, he makes a boomerang. It's joke. like in the first few episodes. Yeah, something so familiar. Boomerang. Amazing. Oh my god, so important. Uh, and apparently, they're also going to be getting Legends of Grey Skull, uh, where they're going to be getting uh, they're going to be uh, priming for Cortex, Masters of the Universe. I would be absolutely curious if these people have interacted or have leaned off of, um, it, I think it's called a, Eclipse Phase. Mm -hmm. It's the super sci-fi world uh, RPG builder, but the everything in there is absolutely modular. If you want mm -hmm. one point here, you have to take away a point from these other boxes. So mm -hmm. everything kind of balances as you build through it, but uh, mm -hmm. the big the big shtick is... Uh, super, super uh, science to the point of magic. You have a reset. You can download your brain and have a reset point, rebuild your body if you have credits, etc., mm -hmm. etc. But you can just go to a planet that is Dungeons and Dragons. And then when sick. you're done there, you can go to Conan the Barbarian place. Oh, sick. And you can do magic in this other place where everything's like VR ready and every mm -hmm. like flames erupt from your fingers. And so it builds in all of our beautiful worlds that we love into one system and one storyline can happen throughout all of it, etc., hmm. etc. Et I didn't know um, it did all that. Yeah, Logan was 200% into it. <laughs> and was. it was very interesting. He does. Gotcha. Well, uh, as far as I know, the folks at Cortex Prime do not have any uh, contact with the folks who make Eclipse Phase. Yeah, as, most likely not. Affiliated. As far as I know. Uh, Cortex Prime, though, seems like it's got quite a bit of range. Uh, it is a game that, 
Like, I think it's kind of like Savage Worlds uh, or Genesis in that the game itself is very setting neutral, and then you add stuff to it to get the flavor that you want. Uh, and it sounds like they try and encourage it to be a sort of table effort so that everybody at the table sits down for like a session zero and they decide, I think that this mechanic in the game would be very cool for the genre that we're trying to go for. Okay, so like yeah. your players are hand in building it. Yeah, I thought that would sounded really slick. Uh, I haven't gotten to take a look at it myself, but I have been listening to their show. Uh, their latest episode is the finale episode of their six-episode Broken Palisades actual play, where you can hear them play the Cortex Prime RPG for yourself. Uh, we'll be posting links to the folks uh, at Cortex, uh, Primed by Cortex Podcast. Uh, we're going to be posting all the stuff to get to them in our show notes uh, and in the description for this episode. So Check it out. Go take a look. Uh, JT and Kirby are doing good work. Uh, and as an honorable mention, last time I promise, uh, I did uh, get a guest spot on the Me and Steve Talk RPGs podcast. It's not their latest episode anymore. They have they have added some they have added a new one. Uh, but you know, if you want to hear if you want to keep hearing me talk about stuff, uh, <laughs> then you can go over there. It, it's probably mostly stuff that you've already heard. I talk about the podcast and about the age ga- about the adventure game engine. But it was fun. I'm still I not like sure which Steve I talk talked to. Stuff. I'm not sure which Steve it was. There's always another Steve. There's always another Steve. That sounds like a good, like, lying game. Like, <laughs> that deception does. game. There's always another oh, Steve. Oh, man. Always another Steve. No, I t- I'm absolutely the last Steve. No, I'm not. Oof. What was that game that, uh, game, that like, Gamer Nation Studios put out? Like, ev- Everyone is John. Oh, there's Lord. a role-playing game called that they made called Everyone is John. John, John, and, John, John. But John. the idea is that everybody at the table is playing a different aspect of a man named John oh. inside his head, and they're all fighting for supremacy for supremacy yeah. over so, his thoughts. So this is the emotions Pixar movie. <laughs> oh. this, is, this is just. It's in, is that is that Inside, inside out? out? Inside Out, yeah. This oh, is just man. Inside Out, but you fight for the control stick. This is just uh, this is just parts work. This is my job. This is just my job. Oh man! But for you, it's like one v five. Yeah, you know. So, Gamer Nation, thank you for joining us. Oh. Go check out the other folks in the Gamer Nation, uh, Gamer Nation Studios, and D Twenty Radio Network. There's a lot of cool folks out there. Um, I still don't have any segues yet. Uh. I, I'm. It's it takes time. I'm doing a lot of other stuff. Uh, so imagine a cool segue here. Booty doop. I just I love. Well, we transition to other topics here and there, uh-huh. and I just I thought that was going to be your. I don't have a segue, but and then I thought you were just going into something else. Oh uh, no! I, I I wish I had like a little transmit tra- uh, transition that I could play. Oh, mentioned. we get to mute the microphones and say random shit again because oh, the yeah. microphones are off. Yeah. Because the microphones are off. Uh, we're going to go ahead and peek through a couple of new portals today in our fan creation spotlight. Uh, we have uh, two small offerings for you today. Uh, the first is a table of Arcane Blast upgrades from Vlad Genex on the Green Running Discord. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the, let's see, the link for these is going to be in the show notes, uh, and we'll also be putting it in the show uh, description. And, of course, you can find it on our resources for your game page uh, on our blog. Oh, God, do we really need Eunice to be more versatile? 
No. <laughs> I mean, actually, uh, I do personally because the more versatile she is, the longer I live. These, uh, I imagine that these were probably made uh, for the understandable thought that Arcane Blast by itself is not terribly exciting. No, no. It's a little magic missile. Boop! Yeah, it's... It does a D6 plus willpower. It, it's your steady damage. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can do with no, a, with no AP as a mage. Um, but what you can do with these is that at particular levels, your Arcane Blast can get upgrades. And they have a big table, uh, which includes the standard upgrades that you would expect to get. Um, but they have ones that let you... Um, Maybe uh, make the blast deal even yet more damage, uh, give a better range, cause it to reduce the AR of its targets because it disintegrates their armor, uh, knock them around, or even make it explode when it hits a target. This sounds kind of like uh, Warlocks from 5e, the Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's vanilla, but don't worry. We've got chocolate syrup and peanut butter and <laughs> somebody's got cherries over there. You add whatever you want to the sundae. It gets pretty... It gets pretty epic by the end of it. It's pretty rowdy. It's uh, a good salad. Good salad. salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Sunday. It's a good Sunday. You put it together. Yeah, yeah, I could do. I could do a salad like this. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it oh, out. Oh boy. Is it, but uh, maybe Dippin' Dots would be a better apple <laughs> for a salad. Thank you for this one, Vlad Genex. It's very fascinating. Uh, and it, yes <laughs> thank you for giving us on rail it was great <laughs> trying desperately not to look at the couch as i swirl us into other topics i'm really trying here <laughs> but it's okay uh so thank you Vladgenix. uh good work there's there's a lot of options on there y'all should definitely check it out uh second we have a pricing guide for magic items uh that the nexus discord features uh, uh for their games uh, if your players have been asking for magic item prices in your Dragon Age games, a resource like this is always valuable. Because, of course, no magic items in Dragon Age come with prices. They're not, and I think the way that the game is designed, they're not usually meant to. But, you know, it's always nice to have things to spend all that silver on. Yeah. I'm just catching up in the chat here. Very good. Fantastic. Uh... But uh, that, uh, both of these are going to be available in our resources for your game page. Uh, you can follow the link through resources for your game and then select the game that the, it is associated with. Uh, the Arcane Blast Upgrades is going to be in Fantasy Age and the uh, Magic Item Prices Guide is going to be at uh, our, is actually going to be on our old Dragon Age role-playing game blog, Wonders of Thetis. I have added it. I have added it to the bottom of the list of, goodness, I think it was GM options. Uh, or maybe it was player options. There's a lot of stuff in there. You can go, definitely go check it out. I can't promise all the links work, unfortunately, since a lot of them link to the old Green Running uh, forum, which is long gone now. Yeah. I mean... Internet changes. Have you guys ever thought about, like... Eh, sometimes it's nice to have extra help doing it, but there are, like, wikis. Mm-hmm. You can get started where it can kind of build into itself and just try to coordinate one for this very blank slate. Don't build mm-hmm. your universe into here, but build. Mm-hmm. We will eventually have a uh, uh, a creator uh, content creator program, Age Creators Alliance. Haven't it's heard. Coming. Yeah, it's common. Haven't heard anything about it fa- uh, super recently. You know, maybe we'll get another tidbit when the next Thursday age come Thursday streams comes along. Uh, but, of course, you can find these submissions and more in our resources for your game page on our blog, ageinterestseries.home.blog. 
If you'd like to share your custom adventure game engine content, send a message to aegispodcast at gmail.com. That's A-G-E-I-S podcast. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, or SoundCloud accounts. You can send a personal message to Caught the Protector on the D20 Radio Discord or the Green Ronin Age Appropriate Discord. That's me. You are the Age Appropriate Discord. I am the Age Appropriate Discord. It's all me. Is it Age Appropriate? Keith and I are not the Age Appropriate Discord. Eh. We are the Age Inappropriate Discord. (laughs) (laughs) We are not appropriate for uh, under 12 or over 13. And also, also not appropriate, not appropriate for 13, 13 year olds. Why don't we go ahead and consult today's lesson from the Nexus, uh, which is our main topic. Welcome, everybody. We're, today, we're going to go a little feral and talk about the Fantasy Age bestiary. Grr. Arg. Crap noise. <laughs> Uh, so, first big question is, what is the Fantasy Age Bestiary? A book. Jess, Keith, what's the Fantasy Age Bestiary? It's a book that's got beasts in it. More money for Green Run... No. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate it. I, I mean, any series would have to have, like, a nice little area for you to talk about, like, stuff to fight. Yes. Out there in the world. But, I mean, we probably do more fighting than character creation over the course of a whole game. So giving it its whole book makes, makes way more sense than having this extra telephone book, like, in the middle of chapters. Like True story. So, yeah. I mean, as, as great as it is, some some, cam, some systems will have, like, small build-ups. Mm-hmm. But having a whole plethora of examples, um, even if you do build off of these examples is absolutely necessary for a lot of GMs. Yes. Stat blocks are always something that GMs can use. Always, always, always. Especially in an age game when a lot of the stat blocks can feel pretty interchangeable. GM players probably not notice if you're using stats for a different creature to play another creature. No. No. Uh, never know. Never know. Uh, so if you need we'll adversaries... We'll fucking know if the stunt tables change. Uh, you know, we'll that's fair. That, yes. That's fair. A swarm of bats. Oh, so that means there's like 30 small enemies. They all get two attacks per turn. What? <laughs> now that's when they've got the swarm defense power. Every hit does one damage. If you do a, le- a mighty blow, it does two damage. If you do a lethal blow, it do three. Oh. All dice roll one. Hey, big spender. <laughs> all dice roll all, You just always deal one damage. But you, ha- you have to use area of effect attacks against a swarm. Oof. So, spell usually spells or grenades. Anyway. Uh, the Fantasy Age bestiary has so many creatures in it. Beasts, plants, people, spirits that can oppose your heroes, join their quests, or even become their rivals. Uh, it does contain a few iconic and key adversaries, uh, but it also has plenty of more unique stuff where they maybe reached into a bit of uh, uh, maybe some... Uh, uh, Southeast Asian myth in some ca- in one one case or two. Maybe they've reached into some urban legends and urban myth. Uh, I feel I feel super bad about not understanding the fear behind the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had it explained to me in Pathfinder World, um, because I ended up turning it into like almost a satire of itself, and I ended up getting the whole table kind of chuckling at it. Um, it, it's, Can't it, it's just like I mean it's a terrifying creature but when the origin story is you got a rumbling in your tummy that only a friendship can fill 
And then uh, after you got that nutritious treat, you got just a burst of energy. You just needed to go for a run, and you just twiddled those little legs so fast, you went into the sky, and they burnt off, and you just sat in a cloud and cooled down for a minute. Like, I imagine it's pretty spooky if you're the one running. It, yeah, but, like, but, you know. we, we got the lore of it, and I just started <laughs> laughing. And <laughs> Is this a creature we can talk about? Yeah, no, you're thinking okay. of the other... Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Gotcha. We're not talking right. about that. Yes. Fair enough. Some games use that particular creature, and they shouldn't. Yeah, and, like, like Ren had said, like, Green Ronin has gone into and looked at things and has brought those concepts back here, but they're not claiming to be the representation of these sure. historical notes. They are, um, they're usually, they're usually not one for one, because, again, they are trying to be something that is outside of... Mm-hmm any one world or any one this or that so mm-hmm. um but i mean they really reach into a lot of stuff yeah uh, they reach into a lot of mythology uh to hear green running tell it what does every fantasy age rpg campaign need monsters 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 the fantasy age bestiary gives game masters a plethora of new foes to challenge their players from classics like the basilisk and minotaur to new monsters like the eldritch Cr- eldritch crown and shard lord each entry creature is fully detailed with background information, adventure hooks, game stats, and variants. This beautiful full-color hardback is the first source book for the Fantasy Age RPG and an indispensable resource for game masters. If you're running Fantasy Age, you should probably get this one. It's very just 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 good to have. It's got great art. Yeah. As long as you don't show the players too quickly, they won't see all the wordsy words on the sides unless you are Jessica. And then we can <laughs> <laughs> just as that. Yeah. It's a power. Um, I, I love I, I love every little bit of it, which is why I remember it so fondly. Anyway, Very good. Um, but the uh, the art is, if anything, one of the big pieces I feel for the bestiary is to get inspired mm-hmm. and to get your players to think, oh crap, we're fighting that. Like it's just a great moment. Or cuddly things are also in there. Cuddly things are also in there. We'll get to those. <laughs> Don't you worry, folks. Coming We're... attractions. Coming attractions. Attractive. Uh, so, next question is, what can you do with the bestiary? Uh, if you find yourself in need of a stat block, look no further. Uh, there are, uh, I counted, I believe, just uh, 80 full stat blocks come in this tome. Each, uh, and each entry contains suggestions on how to further modify them. Stats like the ooze slash slime come from nearly uh, come with nearly a dozen additional qualities uh, to create a truly unique slime for your game. Uh, they had a couple of presets, and I was very partial to the mage pudding, uh, which is the sort of which I, I definitely have stolen for our game. Uh, you folks will probably see it later. This is also just weird because Jessica's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> nickname was pudding and every time i was like oh no here comes a yellow pudding i'm just like uh oh. <laughs> it was like or, or black pudding or this that pudding is just <laughs> anytime there's a pudding oh, no. people a who knew me pu- in college get confused it's a silver pudding it's a silver pudding so when you're asking what can uh the bestiary do mm-hmm. i unfortunately had a uh almost a meme response come oh up. very good what rolls downstairs alone or in pairs or, or over your neighbor's dog it's great for a snack fits in your back it's bestiary 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 i don't understand why we got here <laughs> i don't understand 
understand how we got here. I don't know how we leave either. I think I, I think I'm just I think we're just stuck here now. I think I think we live in the bottom of this well now. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's... Let's see. Hold uh, on. We, I have had you folks fight. And I know you folks didn't fight the bleaching block. No. Oh, but, yeah, we fought plenty of other bleachy things. Yeah, there was some other stuff. I think you folks made friends with the bleaching block. I think you folks you had wouldn't not, You would not let me make friends with things. We made bunnies out of the bleaching block. Oh, wait, the, the bleach? like oh, not, the, the, not the bleach. Uh, oh. There was, like, way back in when we did uh, the War Waves Keep, there was a bleaching block uh, that they trained. Uh, as a guard, oh. as a guard creature. Oh I, no, I did. I may have made friends with that. Uh, either you folks made friends with it, or you made friends with the folks who were already friends with it, so it wasn't going to bother you when you finally came in the room. I think. I think essentially we might have just not stumbled on that one. I think. I think that sounds right. That actually reminds me of. Uh, <laughs> I might have just been kind of quietly watching the room, being like, "Is anyone gonna go check her out?" Yeah, no, we, we got scenes. Yeah. We got stuff happening. That's fine. We we had there's there was another fantastic. Uh, written actually this this person's dungeon got written into some other like uh, bigger campaigns was published yeah. um this nice. dungeon had uh a bunch of traps and had like um a sewer like system mm-hmm. so that, like stuff could go can be thrown down there um for any reason so it's kind of like pseudo plumbing but what it really was was it was just a tube big enough for a slime to crawl through Amazing. And it just climbed through because there just kept being more food to eat. So it would just keep cycling. Uh-huh. And so depending on the hour, you could you be use the things and try to get through it. And it you know, if it shows up behind you or, or if you show up to another one in there, like you can get caught between them. But it was just a hilarious idea. And they were so wild. so tickled by the concept. Um, but we never, we never used, the, we just blew a hole into the mountain. Anyway, so. <laughs> so I guess it was a non-issue. Yeah, yeah. We didn't right. need to use the sewers. Um. <laughs> uh, well, um, what are some other options? Uh, we're not going to list everything that's in the beast area. That would take too, for, uh, take too long. That would and be a lot. You probably don't want to listen to that. That's not good radio. Ah, uh, I'm leaving. But I will. I that. will mention a couple of I my favorites. A few and people, a couple that would be a fun afternoon for. <laughs> a couple of, uh, of my favorites and some that I've used already. Uh, the nymph uh, comes with a set of adjustments to create more elementally focused nature spirits. Uh, the elemental entries, which I have been using quite a bit, uh, mention that elementals could be combined into composite elementals with all new powers and increased intelligence. Oh no. Uh, the Chimera entry has a table for selecting the various parts of the Chimera that your heroes will face. If you want to randomly generate the Chimera right at the table, you can absolutely do that. We keep one in a backpack and feed it marshmallows. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do do that. <laughs> I mean, yes, I guess we do. Oh, and you've earwormed, you've earwormed Blaze officially. Oh, oh so sorry. No. <laughs> It's a, uh, it's a thing that also does happen in this particular house. It does. Les Mis has been earworming in my head. One day more. Not. Why does it have to be the Waluigi? Not, it's always Waluigi. Why is it not Waluigi? Not Les Miserables. Wow. Les Miserables. <laughs> wait, wait. Of all the people to not channel Waluigi at all times. Actually, <laughs> not while I'm working. <laughs> that was the best birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Uh, 
Near the end of this book, you can also find a, fair, a selection of fairly normal animals that can be used to help populate your world with more mundane creatures. Save for the giant squid, maybe. But, you know, maybe you're going to the bottom of the ocean. That's fun. Yeah, you know, every animal's normal somewhere. Every animal's normal somewhere. That's fair. And we could get giant ikamariaki. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Someone's got to go that get that squid, specific, though. Like, I've never had that or heard of that particular iteration, but I understood what you were talking about because of the... There's a, the, enough, of, enough of the dish name is squid. <laughs> well, also yaki. Mm-hmm. And mother is ball, so we're... See. Uh, the Stapleks are of a more monstrous nature, but they could still be used to simulate powerful and exceptional mortal adversaries as well, given a little bit of rebranding. If you need a strong and sorceress adversary, you might consider borrowing the Demon Lord. No thanks. Uh, maybe that mage of unnatural magic could be simulated by a thin man. Still pointing to the no. I'd so rather you didn't. <laughs> Uh, feel free to take any stat block that does what you want. Stats and age that games uh, get very interchangeable in the long run. Your players will probably now notice that the elemental berserker you foe you sent against them is using the stats for a fire ogre. It's just, uh, I mean, most of what makes the the thing interesting is like the stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. The special abilities. Uh, e- even to a degree, I mean, I think you said like, NPCs are just... Are they one across the board or are they zero across the board? Uh, well... Uh, you're just a non-plussed human. If you're a normal, normal person, uh, a one is average for, All like right. an adult, for like an adult person. And it's just like, what does that one really do? It doesn't do much on its own. Let's you reliably hit an 11. So it's just, it's just one of those things, especially in the age system, where you need to lean more on actions. Mm-hmm. More than like... This sure. thing's so incredibly smart. It does the smart, 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 smart. Mm-hmm. It, it still don't... It Like, unless you're hitting a number... Unless you're almost, like, versus players. Yeah. Where you have to have that number versus them, so they just can't touch it in that way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all that's going to be there. So. Uh, I think I usually bring this up because there are some other games that we have played, crunchier games, where it, it can be difficult to simulate uh, other well other creatures with particular stat blocks. Um, I may be referring to Pathfinder One, where it can where stats do very specific things, and sometimes it can be very obvious to players what's going on. Yeah, well, sometimes. Well, and I was gonna say to that point. One of the benefits of the bestiary in this, like, the way the bestiary is set up in this game and the way that stat blocks in general get set up in this game is really playing to one of Age's big strengths, which is that it doesn't take you 12 hours to plan a combat. A combat. Just one. In the crunchier games, which, hey, I'm one of the first people to say that I dearly love the crunchy games. Same here. They, uh, one of the downsides as a GM is that if you're planning something, you know, you, you got to take a bunch of tiny details into consideration, but the way that we use builds here is a, you know, generic enough that they can be interchangeable and then you add the flavor on top Mm -hmm. and then also they are simple. Like they're not huge. Like if you have something over a five, you are, that is your thing. Mm-hmm. That you can, if you want to build a character off of a stat block, and you give them like a seven, eight, or nine in something, you don't have to put points anywhere else because they can't afford them anywhere else. But also, 
Um, once players kind of see that silhouette, they try to poke that pillar mm -hmm. a few times, they should hopefully try to go a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, the, the nice thing about building age creatures uh, is that I don't usually have to spend points to make them. Uh, it really it usually just tells me straight out, if you think the creature should have this, yes, it does. That's another really big deal. There you go. Uh, and we'll actually come back to that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. Because this bestiary is also very good for that. Uh, every, uh, every entry comes with backstory on the featured creatures. Uh, and they can be used for inspiration uh, to make your own backstories for the creatures. Uh, you could use them whole cloth if you like how they turned out, or completely ignore them if you don't if they don't quite fit your world. I, I like creatures that have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Like the, this creature uh, makes people disorientated, and it's just like okay, great. And then it also like can climb walls. That's fantastic. What you really want to do is like have a creature that, while it uses, it crawls up a wall while they're disorientated to get away, or it disorientates them first and then comes out of its hidey hole and then like drops down on them. Like, piece them together. How? Why does this thing do it? And is this an offense? Is this finding food? Mm -hmm. You know, especially if they're mindless. Like, all these pieces interact, and it's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. It's very world buildy, and it makes me feel more immersed. When I see the things go, when the mind flayer like puts out a big code and someone goes unconscious and they just ignore everyone and go for the unconscious person because they're getting ready to slurp a brain. Yes, oh, like yeah. that's great. They th almost throw themselves into danger because it's just like if I get this, I get buffs for a minute and it gets worse for everyone else. Also, mm -hmm. this thing's probably dead. So I mean, you know. Yeah, well, and that's that's a big part of how building, you know, having a fantasy age, having the fantasy age bestiary, like the way you build encounters and the way that you build creatures in those encounters will determine a lot about how you also deal with tactics. And I don't, if I recall, the bestiary itself doesn't talk too much about tactics per creature. Not usually. Most of the most of these uh, entries contain like some mythology associated mm -hmm. with the creature um sometimes uh their sociology if they happen to have it uh and usually their ecology uh and they usually contain a lot of variants uh yeah. if you want if um maybe you're encountering this creature in a different uh biome well and that that's actually in its way it, it provides the gm with a lot more flexibility it does because in for example in pathfinder Love, love dearly. Love, love Pathfinder dearly. Want to be clear on that. Pathfinder Can has. We've had so much fun with Pathfinder. Path, the game is great. The devs are wonderful. Everything is great about Pathfinder. But uh, that being said, that being except the grapple rules. That being said, <laughs> woo, uh, the uh, the fact you know in those games they they usually have specifically they'll tell you like here's what this this creature or character does almost in some cases round by round. Yeah. Like, for mm -hmm. the first few rounds. but And while that's cool, if you're not really sure what you want to do with them, that can be very limiting, especially if your uh, your players have read that, and then mm. they're like, you didn't summon the thing, and then even though the summon doesn't work, because it's a full round. To, you don't. Like, th there are times when you would want to do something different or make something different, mm -hmm. and... Not having somebody sort of telling you how it has to go, I think, can be very yeah. beneficial there. 
there in a, a lot of those particular scenarios are a scenario where there's mm-hmm. certain uh, powers that be or certain like clutch moves that they really want to show off or that context. Yeah, so there, there's there's some context going. And that's kind of like what I was saying earlier, which is like, do these two interact abilities interact? And mm-hmm. the summoner summoning an extra something when you first find them is definitely a way to kind of cool down the encounter and give it a chance for a quick initiative to solve it mm-hmm. or get sorry you rolled bad on initiative you're here for two hours because this guy's not going to stop making enemies <laughs> so it's they just, got that location stunt they yeah. summoned more minions gross that one's a fun one no oodles of fun right where's this where's the stunt table that you just what <laughs> i just mentioned that's in fantasy age layers we'll come to that one later gross that one's that one's for very specific enemies who have minions to draw upon, like a vampire in the middle of his castle. Uh, why uh, would you do that? I was gonna say, really, <laughs> that's your own fault, isn't it? I mean, if you got into the middle of the castle and didn't deal with the mooks first, uh, you made you made some choices, and now I mean, they're we, gonna we, literally we, come back and bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in the neck. I I mean I I'm it certainly is a a feel. You can just Belmont this and charge right in. Belmont. <laughs> but, like, do something. Like, starve them out. Like, hey, <laughs> fresh blood over here when you're going to leave. Because that's... You know, if uh, the Belmonts read the uh, the entry in the bestiary, they could have learned an awful lot oh, God. about uh, Dracula's situation. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, in addition to creature-specific flavor text, uh, there are also adventure hooks written for each creature. That is one of the coolest things. Yeah, like, like the backstories. That can be a wealth of inspiration for GMs who need their next adventure or need a good way to introduce one of the creatures into their campaign. Mm-hmm. So each of the adventure hooks is all about getting that creature front and center. Which, and that's, that's <laughs> so nice. Like, mm-hmm. And that's a good example of providing extra like fluff are you, like are you Pathfinder at does. It? No, actually I'm looking at the Charnel Knight. Uh, oh, and one of the adventure hooks listed is the Four Horsemen. Oh. Yep. No. This is a great way of providing fluff without limiting the or providing specific limitations to the GM or extra rules that they have to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a like win encounter start do blank. It's like a this guy is going to be in a castle and surround themselves with things, or this thing is solitary up a freaking mountain. So you, oh, your players are going to have to like at least spend some resources to get up there, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. I forgot that one of the adventure hooks for the Jin. On page 40 and 41, the adventure hook is called Jin and Chthonic. Oh, no. it destroys me every time I see it. I'm mad I didn't do it. (laughs) It's it's so good. It's so good. Whoever wrote the Jin entry, thank you for this gift. We are blessed. What a blessing. (laughs) Uh, now, um, something that I wanted to mention is that you do not have to include every single creature in this book. For your no, you absolutely do. That's you... what we're saying. No, Fantasy no, Age has nothing no, to do with creating no, your own world. No. <laughs> uh, it can okay. be automatic to think that since the creature is in the book, then it must exist in your world. This is untrue. Yeah. You uh, can always reskin things, too. Mm-hmm. You can, you can take oh, for sure. everything whole clock, but give it a different name and googly eyes. Yeah, Please give it especially eyes. the googly eyes. I want to. Uh, I now want an entire universe of googly eyes. I want to see someone like make a Twitter post every day where they take 
art from the bestiary, just add googly eyes to it. There's somebody who has that done that to many of the cards. Pathfinder Many books. of the Pathfinder books, yes. And magic cards. A gift. Uh, so, don't feel pressured to include everything in here. Kind of like the Fantasy Age Companion at the very beginning of the book, they say, don't throw everything in the kitchen sink. It just, you know, you get, get what you need. Uh, reskin what you think you could probably use. Uh, many of the so many of the creatures may not feel appropriate for a uh, a low fantasy setting like say the shard lord a creature of living crystal that's you know perhaps uh, a bit much for a, a low setting I'm a low sorry. fantasy setting yes dear i I know I'm like 12 years old. Are you mishearing it as well as I am? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying the word just again. Just say it carefully. Um, uh, I, I've been a, trying very hard. It's a struggle. Uh, some creatures like the Bakwani and the Craterlings may add layers that a GM did not mean to add. In this case, creatures from the On the Settings planet. And then the players might start asking, oh, dang, are we going into space? Uh, like, no, whoops. Uh, no, no, just, just weird green things that spit eggs on you. Yeah, that's, that's all we got. You 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 maybe maybe <laughs> leave out the extraterrestrial part. Um, they they can still be in a world. There can still be a creature that spits their own spits their own young babies people. at you. But you know that's like, fun. Uh, I, that seems like a terrible way. What to a make. survival instinct! Yeah, like there's got to be what. Mm. <laughs> it it does leave you with more than a couple questions. What kind of a morning is it when you wake up and think, you know what? <laughs> it's just time to throw my baby. Uh, that as, asshole as a, over for, there. As a weapon. What's in your coffee for that? A plus parenting. Thank you. <laughs> yep. uh, that asshole's getting a face full of baby if he doesn't calm down. <laughs> no. I've had to raise three of them already. It's your turn. <laughs> that asshole's getting a face full of baby. Uh, some GMs may not feel comfortable having, say, a whole dinosaur in their setting, so the Thunderlord may not be appropriate. Uh, in that case, that's sad. That but is you unfortunate. Respect it. That is unfortunate, but you know, it's their world. What uh, about flumps? Flumps, unfortunately, they're also extraterrestrial. A lot of times, flumps, flumps are very important. They're, they're very probably important. not in here because I bet you they're copyrighted. I am pretty sure they. Well, like a like the no, mind, like I, saw in, I saw I saw one in D and D. And Pathfinder. Oh. Yeah. Well. So add flumps. Uh, Owen Casey Stevens in one of the recent streams said that it's about time to get a second bestiary. So um, here's our vote for flumps. I need useless jellyfish floating down from the atmosphere screaming to me about how good and amazing I'm going to be and, and how much I need to help something. I need to tell you about justice. Oh my god. You are carried away by literally the wind, and you have so much gusto for me. Why don't I have this confidence in me? Oh, I want one of these back taped to my back. <laughs> I like, do too. I I would like to just have one that hangs out with me. Just this little compliment backpack. Yeah, I would have to chill down the zealotry every so often. No, I cannot stab that person who cut me off in traffic. This is not the <laughs> well, they're will of good. So we don't stab people in traffic, but we. I'm not going to take time to try to convert them. Great hero, I'm proud of you for not getting the muffin this morning at the bake shop. Well done. Uh, that was because I left my wallet at home again. <laughs> Thank you. Justice works in strange ways. Oh, this Actually, this sounds like a good campaign thing. Or, you know, One it, just... it, it could also just be like a young adult novel in an urban fantasy setting. Or ghost... My flump and me. My flump and me. 
you could make a, a um, invisible psychic one mm. that just plagues somebody. They almost go Don Quixote. And, like, the players <laughs> oh, have to no. figure out what this person is talking to oh, and why they're trying to fight the windmills and everything. Like oh, That sounds fantastic. I love the idea that Don Quixote was actually just somebody that a flump really kind of got too wild up. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Take that, Cervantes. Oh, uh, there we go. Got your story. Got your story. It's space jellyfish. Put space jellyfish in your story, Cervantes. What are you going to do? Oh, you can't do nothing because you're several centuries dead. Uh, the last chapter in the Fantasy Age Bestiary, Modifying Monsters, is a large collection of suggestions for adjusting adversaries to be what you need. Uh, this is an excellent chapter to read for any GM. It is a wealth of information uh, and some real pearls uh, of, of knowledge. Start on page 136. Uh, starting on page 133 is a list of special qualities for creature building. Uh, these cre- abilities can be added to any of the creatures in the book, uh, your own creations, uh, or uh, maybe someone else's creations, but maybe get their permission first, uh, to create you. even more variety in your campaign's beasties. Uh, you can change the theme of a creature with several of these, like the clockwork special quality, eldritch, mm. or, oh, that's sp- excellent. <laughs> or space. Templates. Give no. us all the templates. <laughs> no. Uh, some of them are more simple power-ups, like, uh, like Agile, Fast, Big, or Armored. Uh, big. That give a creature some oomph that they didn't have before. Uh, many of these qualities also introduce weaknesses to creatures. Uh, to add a bit more. Uh, <laughs> R-O-U-S's. I don't believe they exist. You can't, it, now you're going to get attacked. Uh, many of these qualities introduce weaknesses to creatures, like Sun Blighted, uh, for your very classic trolls. Uh, or like your very Tolkien trolls, the ones that turn to stone when the sun comes up. Uh, you could add unholy or the ever versatile vulnerability. <laughs> Something just hurts them extra. Your the elemental things we have going on in mm-hmm. our current game with the age uh, trial of the intruder, trail of the intruder, trail of the intruder. Uh, the the weaknesses that come out. Were sort of a double-edged sword, but just mm. became a one-edged sword, and then like <laughs> in the, the most play. recent encounter we did, and one of the big, big recent encounters we did, we the heroes managed to exploit a couple of vulnerability qualities that I gave to the bad guy, and not not on the final one. The final one it was toned down because it it, mm-hmm. it helped out like our not our biggest damage dealer, um, but it was more to their favor, and uh, but. That first time around, we like yeah. there is no reason to be swinging with sixty six without stunts. It's but and see that's the thing is it's very satisfying to it, be able to do that. Oh, yeah. So add, adding this stuff can be a real like. Uh, I was vibrating as I left that <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. You did very good. But you did very good. But yeah, it was just kind of like, oh no, vulnerabilities. I'm glad this has enough health points or enough fuckery to not <laughs> ruin the GM's entire plot hook. Yes. I think perhaps the GM suspected that something like this might go down. Uh, finally, as Jess has already mentioned, page 136 introduces the concept of templates. Uh, if you want, you know, there are specific combinations of special qualities, uh, and usually maybe some other things like increasing their health or ability scores by certain amounts can be added to an adversary all at once to make them fit a particular theme. 
These can be very useful <laughs> for getting a unifying theme in your encounters while still having some variety in your foes. Uh, adding the same template to a soldier, demon, and a basilisk and putting them into the same encounter makes some very unique dynamics and threats. You should make a chimera soldier, demon, basilisk. Chimera soldier, demon, basilisk. Oh, soldier, demon, it. basilisk. <laughs> the soldier, demon, basilisk. Template. How many templates were on the Tarask? Uh, when I ran it back in... Not enough. Uh, way back when, I actually ran it straight out of the book. Okay. And uh, you folks trashed it. <laughs> There was a very <laughs> unique set of circumstances. Yes, yes. It, I, it was a good time. You folks were pretty high level. You had you were feeling your oats, and that and that was what, that was a big encounter for you. Yeah, yes. and it wasn't like you got one round of it. I think it was around for like three or four. No, rounds. it was around for one and a half rounds. One and a half. It didn't I last thought, very long. I thought it did two things. No. at the very least. No, yeah, you know, we, there I, were things after it. I know I didn't do, I didn't do it all in one go. I did like. More than half of its go, but like other people were were cut, cutting into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot going on in that fight. Yeah, yes. but the, the, five crits on one turn. Sadly, we don't have a Tarask in the bestiary. Uh, but you can make one. You can make one and just uh, add wish to it. And we we do have the Zenadrim. Yeah. What is what is what is it is that? one of the legendary threats that can be found in the bestiary. Y'all should go check it out. It's pretty wild. I'm pretty good at not bleeding in player knowledge to <laughs> character knowledge. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to look, but it's also fun to not. The mythology that they wrote for the Xenodrim is really unique and very cool. And I hope they continue to include... I hope they really continue to include that creature in more art. Because it's very cool. It's just this towering undead monstrosity with a church on its back. Ooh. It's very cool. Because uh, it got buried there. Yeah, because that's where it got buried. Long ago. And its control rod is probably in that church somewhere. And it's mad. And somebody probably has it, that control rod, if the thing's walking around. Uh, so, next section uh, includes another question that I think may be of use to some folks who aren't GMs. Can players use the bestiary? Yes. Kind of. Yes, uh, asterisk. Yes, asterisk. Uh, players can make use of the bestiary for a couple of specific things. Um, particularly for players who are using the Beastmaster specialization. Uh, yeah. You can go into the back of the book. Uh, be, what is it? Beasts of Land, Sea, and Sky. I believe, it's, I believe it is to find your companion, starting on page 127. Uh, you can pick it, uh, an animal from there, modify it as your uh, specialization gets a little better. But, you know, you got a little block right there. You can just grab it and pull it out. Uh, and if you need a reminder of how to improve your companions or other monsters with elite, heroic, and epic templates, uh, they also do include them at the front of the bestiary. Uh, page three. Also just very useful for making all the other creatures in, in, the, in the bestiary get bigger. Um, if you are a mage who is using the Beast Arcana, pages 42 and 43 of the Fantasy Age Companion, you will find a number of uses for this book as well. Several of your spells mention that you gain the abilities or special qualities of beasts, uh, and this is the book in which you will find those stats. Unless you need to consult your GM about maybe some specially made creatures that work in your setting that you can use the beast for, beast forms for. Uh, but you will be especially excited to have this book once you have access to spells like Lesser Beast Form and Greater Beast Form, where you're going to need the entire stat block. Oh. Because you, you get most of it. Um... Here's some fun ones. If your heroes want to be beasts, 
There are rules for playing a Werebeast character on the Werebeast entry on pages 120 to 121. Uh, they include a benefits table and uh, a side effects table that comes along with it. Uh, it's it's very cool, uh, you know? Including some player options in a monster manual is very different. <laughs> Sorry, oh. this is not the monster manual. That's probably copyrighted. Maybe. We um, just lost, like, $10,000. Almost certainly. But there's, like... There, there are so many... There's so many times where we've... We've played with players who... Have always just wanted to be... A dragon or something. Like, mm-hmm. we have dragon yep. folk... Mm-hmm. Uh, being introduced uh, soon. The Drock. Uh, the Drock. Yeah, but, like... Being able to play, like... I believe they were a dragon centaur-ish thing. Whoa. Like for like like a worm, but okay. like okay, but then after after the body stopped, they got like a human half or something, hmm. and there was they wanted to be spellcaster and this and that, but they got a large booty and they were spider climb and somebody knocked them unconscious and they actually just fell and killed it. So like oh. it was just like it was just real funny. Um, but uh, is you, this what I'm thinking of? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Once you have a certain number of decades together. So there's just like, there's so much call to for these type of stat blocks that I'm very glad were included in the basic three for Fantasy Age, where sometimes these players try to homebrew something, they end up feeling underwhelming, and then Mm -hmm. they try to boof it up, but then they end up just being able to solo encounters, and they may not have the right eye of it, to mm-hmm. really create a functioning, um, balanced uh, stat block or character or abilities, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, having this option immediately, especially in a game where everything is so squished, yes, and there is not like these huge, drastic, uh, necessary numbers. Like, if if your if your <laughs> enemies are smart, they should be geared, like in bullshit like that. No, like it hurts. And if you if you're just playing a game for fun and you're in the middle of a Pathfinder campaign and it just went for too long, you end up stop being effective because the numbers eventually outran you. But like in these kind of places, they, the numbers stop getting too big after ten. Like yeah. and that's for PF one. It looks like PF two things are quite different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and this was a problem for three point five, which yep. PF was based off of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's just nice to see that all in one. Yes, and I agree. Passage. Uh, on that same note of being a werebeast, there are also suggestions for players who become vampires from white on page 117. And the in the sidebar labeled Porphyria. In case you wanted to be a Twilight. In case you want to do a Twilight. What about a Nosferatu? You could, absolutely... you could be a Nosferatu. Yeah, I bet you could get away with an Anne Rice vampire if you really wanted to. Uh, and actually, one just came to me is that... Uh, if your campaign uses the blooded ancestry from from the Fantasy Age Companion, that one specifically mentions that uh, somewhere in your bloodline is the blood of something. Ooh. Um, which can be cool. maybe an elemental something. It could be a gargoyle something. Oh. Um, but part of making the blooded work is that you select one of the special qualities that that creature has. Those will be in this book. Okay. So... Never hurts to have for a cup for a couple of those specific things. That's wild. 
The blood in it is really wild. It's very, it's very open. It's kind of supposed to be the sort of all-encompassing, like, uh, if you want to be a tiefling type, type thing, you go to the blooded. If you want yeah. to be an Asimar type thing, go to the it, blooded. If you want to have gargoyle in your family, why wouldn't you? Go yeah. to the blooded. Yeah. But it just, like, I mean, if you <laughs> wanted any of these other traits, but not just play an ant, uh, beast, you mm-hmm. can just grab that in and throw it, roll it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Slightly overpowered. Anyway, go on. I mean, it is. Well, no, no I, I was just like the talk first to your thing, GM about it. <laughs> consult your GM today. Talk uh, to your GM. <laughs> I still haven't made that button. No, the but thing. Days. The the thing that got I was just like, could I play big character? Like those are always super fun. But I think uh, I have an option for a big character kicking around here somewhere. Just just to be big. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially if I'm. I bet the template for big is actually pretty rowdy. Um, just to apply that to all the time, mm-hmm. probably be a bit much. Uh, you know, it, it can be helpful sometimes, and it can be bothersome Endurance. other times. That's okay. The joy is, uh, I can't come in. I can't. Like, yeah. and I'll I am just, too big for house. I'll just hang out out here. Hello, in the rain. Do you guys, uh, you guys have a nice patio? <laughs> oh, I'm too big for that too. It's yes. okay. I have my own tent. It's just a large tarp. (laughs) This is getting very sad very quickly. Well, (laughs) if you would like to raise your spirits. Oh, here we fucking go. (laughs) It's now time for the special segment, kiddos. Hello, everyone. Um, This is Ren from the Adventure Game Engine. Do I see you? You can't just do it. We're uh, we're going to be starting. (laughs) We're going to be starting uh, a new uh, semi-regular segment uh, that I'm calling the Humble Groy. Can you stop pretending to be Pat Gill for five seconds? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, but I would like to make a plea, uh, <gasps> a request, oh just God. just just short of begging, short of it, to, successor to, plead to the good folks at Green Ronin, uh, thank you for all your work. Uh, I really love it, but uh, there is one thing that I would like to ask of you uh, publicly here on this show. Um, I think that you should make the groy the mascot of the fantasy age, and I would like to make my case. Uh, first, um, they look like here if you need us. Everyone. They look like an angry root veggie, and I love them. <laughs> have you folks seen it? Yes, you've seen it, Keith. Of have course. you seen it? You get you gave me a quick flash, I but I want to see flash. it again. They are delightful. Oh I'm not my god. Lie. They're little, they're little mini knobbed legs, <laughs> and mushrooms grow out of them. I would like to know why you love these and not Gobus, personally. Gobus have too many teeth. These have just enough. And two big ones. They have two big ones. Two soulless. And they also walk on two legs and have those big they old floppy They grow cabbages and... Anyway. They also eat many a Lollafell. Sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, I think, uh, I love them, and I... <laughs> I think that they love you too. They are perfect. They will never. They will never require errata. This is true. They will. They will never need fixing. Uh, they never stop growing. If you. It can, has been recommended that you now fed. pretend to be Bob Ross. <laughs> we'll talk about a happy little groy. This happy little groy right over here. That's our there little secret. There we go. He's our big boy. We just keep feeding him corn hog cuffs, and he's just he's just uh, happy as a clam. Look, I can just keep feeding him all this lovely brown and earth and earth paints. 
He was our grandfather's. That's why he's the size of the show. I don't know why. We're, we're, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> I have been consumed by the groy love. They never Jesus. stop growing the as groy. long as you continue to feed them. Did you say they never stop growing? Never stop growing. Uh, for all we know, I found one. You did. We, for all I we know, it. we all Clearly live. You were right. We all live on the back of the fattest groy. Etuun. <laughs> Welcome to Planet Groy, everyone. It's just groys the whole way down. Ren has a lot of feelings about Groy, and all of you have been spared this for a while. Until now. I I kind of want like, this will the be crazies a... <laughs> in the streets to be the people <laughs> surmise that we are on the back of a Groy. This universe is. Yep. A Groy that has never been not fed. Well, you know, it's a it's a very Terry Pratchett situation. It's just, it's Groy all, all the way, way down. down. Uh, you may bask in their toothy glory on pages 62 and 63 of the Bestiary. They attack. They protect. But most of all, their name they project. Holy Jesus. Join me, friends, wherever you are, and speak to the Groy in your lives. Right. I... Right. Right. Who jinkies. Oh, will, and now you're I've, being I've pictured got, with a Bob Ross afro. <laughs> I've got the I've got the bestiary open here, uh, and I'd like to mention that... Uh, the entry says that the call of the groy is quite distinctive and gives the creature its name. When calling, the beast lets out a growl that gains in volume and pitch sharp quickly, becoming a sharp and extreme hybrid of a bark and a croak that sounds like groy. Okay, I see it. Jess, would you like to... Absolutely not. Would you like to join in our, in our uh, appreciation of the groy? This is our this is our Groy appreciation corner. This is the Groy appreciation Groy. corner. Groy. Groy. Uh, do I have to say Groy to appreciate the Groy? Look at this face. <laughs> if the face. whole corner saying Groy and we're appreciating the Groy and you're in the Groy appreciation corner. Groy. If A equals B and B equals C, then Groy. <laughs> then Groy. Groy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Groy oh, are delightful. They are perfectly... Little... Actually, just saying their name pretty much works. <laughs> yeah, there, you d- I did it. You did it. They are perfect little broys. Goys. <laughs> and non-groinies. What? Non-groinaries. Oh, okay. I was worried you were talking about your groins. I was about to say... I was about to make a very, very childish joke about groin. Uh, and to close out our show for tonight, uh, our segment, The Humble Groy, which oh, no. I will be coming back to occasionally with facts about the Groy. If you'd like to unsubscribe from Groy Facts, don't. Uh, if you'd like to uh, unsubscribe from Groy Facts... It's too late. Yeah, pretty much. Spare a thought for those of us who, who married I Captain have, Groy Facts. I have, I have a little bit of poetry. Uh, a, a limerick. Oh, there once was a groy named Soot. He could not be trained to stay put. I did not see the new mound, and as I turned round, the blighter bit off my foot. Thank you for coming to the Adventure Game Engine oh, Interest Series. Boy. Uh, I very much appreciate all of you joining us today. Uh, I hope that you all uh, have at least a modicum more appreciation for the... Bestiary! The, the perfect monster. Uh, the monster of our hearts. The, the humble groy and also i guess the fantasy age beast theory that that, that that that's pretty cool too it's a weird stepping stone but at least it's there to get you to groy yeah it's i i would i would pay that 30 dollars any day 
fifteen dollars if it's on the if it's a PDF. I think maybe it's twenty dollars, something like that. A small price to pay for the joy of Groy. This was, of course, the thing we were referring to that we needed to make a crochet dice bag out of. Absolutely, we need a crochet Groy. Like. Uh, I want pillows. I put my mittens. <laughs> like merchandising options. A hat. Merchandising where the real money from the RPG is made. A bouffant. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> we keep looking to Jess, who is just who is pointedly. Just, just pointedly drawing. Uh, on, on on the tablet. Just, not, just gotta get that shading. Not paying attention. Just yep, gotta get just that shading. Absolutely <laughs> avoiding as much of this as possible. Great. But that's okay. Uh, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that stunt die. This is Jess wishing you good heels and happy feels. This is Keith wishing I had one of these written appropriately. Yeah! Great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oh man! Cut print Emmy. Cut print Emmy. Thank Cut you. print Groy. Thank you, folks, so much for joining us, and uh, we will catch you in the next one. Yep. Bye bye. Bye now. Groy. Thank you for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest series. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our Patreon. If you support us at only three dollars per month, you get to vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog in the post for this show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our Facebook or Twitter. Feel free to leave a comment or a question, or even tell us how your age games are going. We do love to hear. Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts. It really helps us out. The music and sound effects you heard on the show all came from Sirenscape, the legendary program for providing sound effects and music for your tabletop games. You can get started for free if you want to try it out first, and subscribing gives you wider access to the impressive and still-growing library of sounds for fantasy, sci-fi, modern, superhero, horror, and other types of games. Take a listen to Sirenscape, my friends, because your epic games need epic sound. This is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that stunt die. Please take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time.